everybody loves to open up that fortune cookie, right? Because it's like a little bit of wisdom, you know, not great, but it's entertaining because now you get to open it. It's exciting. It's different. You open it. You don't know what's inside. And that's exactly what we do with these emails. It's kind of like fortune cookie marketing. Hello and welcome to Million Dollar Memos. I'm your host, Peter Visser, and you have just entered the weirdest marketing podcast on the internet because we'll be exploring how we use these simple 325-word daily memos to generate over $2 million per year in sales and blow up high-ticket calendars for our clients without using scarcity funnels or anything tricky or weird. I'll be joined from time to time by other founding members like Linus Rylander, Frankie Frenner, and Zach Van Nickark, aka The Memo Men. Let's go. Okay, go on. Linus, just tell us what you were going to say. Okay, so Dan Kennedy, he used to do this thing with print newsletters where Whoever he was, whatever market he was trying to reach, he would first start by selling them a print newsletter. So he would send them stuff in the mail to try to get them to subscribe to his newsletter. And then whether they bought or not, he would just send them the newsletter every month anyway. Like he would put them on the newsletter list because he just wanted to be in front of them and be on their desk every month. Yeah. And he's saying like these types of business owners that he was reaching, they're subscribed to all kinds of different things and they probably forgotten which newsletters they did and didn't subscribe to. <laughs> so like, it doesn't matter. Like he's going to treat everyone as if they're a customer because the long term game is just getting their content in front of people on a consistent basis every month, showing up on the desk, which is kind of what we're doing. So I just want—I just want to catch up the audience member, the single one. Hi, mom. So basically, the memo men is like sort of half launched, and uh, and we've got two clients on board already. And the one client is going to use direct mail. So we're going to write a daily memo. We're going to send it to the email list every single day. Then the best daily memo will then be used on a Monday and sent to the lawyer's office to get them to sign up to marketing services. Now, what I'm wondering is is like, could the daily memo be used and you have like a, you take the entire month's worth and just turn that into a monthly newsletter as well? Hmm. Yeah, you could, because that's exactly what Ben Settle does. He will literally, and and, and every email is its own like chapter almost. And like it has its own headline because he takes a subject line and he puts, I, I don't know if it's exactly the email content, but it feels almost exactly like email content. I think, I think his best pieces go towards his books that he puts out. So like the best, the best content he writes, he'll put into these books that he creates and then he'll have like them separated by chapters and stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I would do it as, as, you know, simple as just taking 30 days of emails and putting them in, in a book, but, or a newsletter, but maybe I would select certain emails and actually try to organize them more properly and turn it into something. Yeah. They would need to be thematic. Yeah. So you could actually change this because the subject line is usually quite short, right? So you can actually have a proper headline in there and a subhead and then bullet points about what that is about, what's in there. And then you can bullet point the front of it to get them to read it. And then when they open and read it and they get actual intrigue, insight and influence in every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it'll be kind of like the boron letters, really. That's what I'm thinking about. So Gary Halpert's Boron Letters has just been put into a book where we send a little book to people every month. So here's the letters we sent to it, our attorneys this month. And just actually keep it simple. Good. Yeah, I mean, for, for a market like attorneys with, with those tickets, uh, it might just work, man. Yeah, and then you have a series of books. Jeez, dude, like that could... Because like, a direct mail where you send out the one letter a week, I'm like, okay, that's cool. What if you send out one book a month? Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, something they can bring to the toilet. Oh, 
one, one, one thing that Lena said to me that really stood out to me because like I, I've been kind of not worried, but definitely when, you know, you, you bring on new clients and, you know, you're kicking off with new stuff and you've got new responsibility, there's always like that, that imposter syndrome that kicks in, right? You're kind of like, you're kind of worried that, what about if I'm not that good at writing emails or what about if this method really doesn't work? You know, that, that, that little nagging little goblin in the back of your head starts like talking and, and he just evaporated that stuff like he usually does for me. And this is, this has been like the de facto way that our, our relationship works, right? I'm like this, this neurotic person. And then Linus will just come in and be like, that's bullshit. <laughs> and, then just, <laughs> and I think this is why his copy is so good too, by the way. Because there'll be stuff that I'll be thank saying you, and then he'll just logic the fuck out of it. And then I realize I don't really have an argument to begin with. And then I just like concede to him. So while, <laughs> I'm getting off track here, but I was telling him about, you know, how I was a little bit worried. Like, what about if, you know, it doesn't work as well as we'd hope or whatever. And he tells me, he's like, well, honestly, dude, the emails don't even have to be that good. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. And he's like, well, number one, just the fact that you're showing up every day, that's great. And then number two, People are bored as fuck with the emails that they're getting in their inbox right now. Just the fact that you bring this much entertainment, especially in some of these markets, like before we, we started recording, Peter and I were talking about how, you know, like, let's say the, 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 the law firm industry, like lawyers and stuff. Have you ever read like a white paper written by lawyers? No. Makes you want to tear your eyes out. It's, it's disgusting. You've read one? It's absolutely I've read them because I'm, I'm a nerd like that. You know, I've, I've read like publications put out by lawyers. It's the most boringest crap. It's like reading a contract. It's like reading the back of a contract. So just the fact that you're able to come in with, let's say, the, the intrigue, the insight, and the influence, just the fact that you're able to pull that off and, and that just carries entertainment in of itself, just encapsulated in a little formula. It's like, man, like imagine you're a lawyer and all you see is like these white papers and all this dry, mustardy stuff in your, in, in your inbox. You know, it's all like, what's wrong with mustard? It's like acidic, you know, it's like acidic. It's like, <laughs> it sits above the shoulders, you know what I mean? It's just acidic, musty shit. And you're, and you're going to your inbox and you're reading all these fucking white papers. And then all of a sudden there's a fucking email in there. And it's like the weirdest headline. You're like, holy crap, what the fuck's going on here? And then you click it, right? And suddenly there's a little bit of silver lining to this, you know, fucking $200,000 degree that you took and you're not even happy and you just did it because your family wanted you to do it. Shout out to all the lawyers out there. But, you know, suddenly there's a little bit of glimmer of hope, you know, and, and, and suddenly you're entertained, right? Suddenly that likability goes up because a lot of the times in business, whenever, you know, we're, we're trying to influence people and we're trying to like, you know, bring them over to, to our side of the, you know, to, to, to our side of the fence. One of the main things that we leave out is like likability, right? Like if you like somebody, how much more willing are you, are, are, are you to do business with them? Like even if they haven't hit, ticked all the boxes and influence and, and all of the right offers and all this crap, just because you like somebody. Have you ever been to like a, like, have you ever been sold something? Like let's say your, your friend's a, a used car salesman or something. How much more likely, because you like the guy, are you going to buy this piece of shit car? you less likely to buy from him. <laughs> well, that's because you're smart, Peter, but I would probably be more inclined to buy the piece of shit car just because of the way i'm wired but just because you like the guy you want to just you know you want to please him you want to make him happy you want to do business with him so that's 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 something that's uh, left out of the equation i totally understand what you're saying but i hate buying from my friends i have a guy that i know that sells pickles here in uh, bangkok and i never buy pickles wait a minute wait a minute the guy sells pickles yeah and i and i love pickles in bulk people buy pickles dude there's a there's a pickle guy. He's also a DJ. And <laughs> Wait a minute. What? This guy's a DJ and a pickle man? So there's a sweet there's a Swedish guy who 
uh, of course he sued him. came came to Thailand like ages ago and he was frustrated about the lack of quality pickles so he decided to start making his own and now he sells pickles and now he's fucking getting into the supermarkets and everything like expanding his fucking pickle empire is awesome Wait a minute. yeah it's for real your Swedish friend was sick of the pickles started a pickle business and also a DJ <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. True story. Did you guys talk story. about this before McCall to like fool me? Because this story just sounds like pulled out of your fucking ass, dude. <laughs> I'm just assuming because Bangkok is a small town, so I'm assuming we're just talking about the, I I don't know if there's two pickle guys, but there's at least one pickle guy that I My pickle guy is Iranian. Okay, so there's two pickle guys. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, there's two fucking pickle guys? I thought this guy would have at least had the market quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute the pickle guy has competition i figured fuck this guy's like <laughs> he's cornered the market he's got a monopoly on the pickles in thailand everything's good but it turns out there's competition even there man jesus yeah maybe we should sell him on the daily memo yeah <coughs> basically linus is trying to sell us starting to tell us that he's selling pickles <laughs> he's the, he's the he's friend to, he's- He's, he's embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> the Swedish guy who's also a DJ who came to Bangkok from Sweden is now selling pickles. There's a lot of Swedish people here. I'm just saying. I, I know one Swedish person in Bangkok. And that's me? Is his name DJ Pickles? Yeah, that's it. No, he calls himself the outsider. <laughs> but anyway, so in terms of in terms of likability, yeah, so... Yeah, so likability is a big thing, but I, I prefer the word affinity, like building affinity, which is the natural liking and familiarity with someone. Yeah, it's important you say that, Pete, because you, you definitely nailed it on the head there. Affinity is probably better because the familiarity is something in of itself. Mm. Because if they get to know you, because like if I tell you, like if it, if I tell you Dan Kennedy, right, already you're, you get you get to know who he is, like Grumpy Dan, you know, like he's got this personality, and you get it through his writing, you know, like he's this grumpy old guy. Who like doesn't want to deal with clients, which is deliberate and purposeful. By deliberate the way. and purposeful, right? But he's built like this persona, right? It's like you know who he is, even if you've only read his sales. I never met Dan Kenny. I wish I had, but like I've never really, really met the guy. But like already, I know his persona, right? Like, and that's another thing is that if you're consistently putting out content with a daily memo, it's like you're building this familiarity because there's you have a voice, right? And that voice gets conveyed every day. So every day that they're picking up on your voice you're becoming more and more familiar to them. They feel like they know you. So it's great that you said that. Yeah. So just going back to what what Frankie said before about the conversation we had, I think that what I really wanted to point out about that is is people think they they need to just deliver amazing content in every email. But the point I was making is it's not even about that. Like when I said the email doesn't have to be good, it means the contents doesn't really matter so much. Like you don't need to deliver these amazing nuggets of wisdom every day. You don't, don't need to knock people's socks off with value every day because the value you're delivering is not in the content. It's in the entertainment. Mm. So it could just be like, it could just be like a, a story of what happened when you bought your coffee this morning and your thoughts about it. Like it doesn't have to be this earth shaking thing, you know? So if you're working with people, or like if you already have a proven offer, right? So that's step number one. You don't want to start sending daily emails until you have a proven offer. So now the challenge is just how can we get this offer in front of people as often as possible without burning out the list or without pissing people off? And this is how we do it. So the main criteria for the email is not that it has to deliver value. The main criteria is that it has to be entertaining so, that, so it gets consumed. 
one way I would frame it is that it's fortune cookie marketing, right? It's fortune cookie marketing. You know, has anybody ever read a fucking fortune cookie? But everybody, as soon as you go to a Chinese restaurant, only one in my entire life. Well, that's, you know, that's your problem. You know, you know, more people would that sell pickles than you've ever, <laughs> you know, more people that have sold pickles on the street than you know about fortune cookies. That's on you, man. But if, if, as soon as you go to a Chinese restaurant, right, as soon as they bring those fortune cookies around, everybody's trying to grab that fortune cookie, right? You know, and even if the, even if the, you open the fortune cookie and it tells you, you know, your, your farts will light up somebody's night tonight, you know, like, <laughs> you know, then you get the that's a subject line. That's a subject line right there. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves to open up that fortune cookie, right? Because it's like a little bit of wisdom, you know, it's not great, but it's entertaining because now you get to open it. It's exciting. It's different. You open it. You don't know what's inside. And that's exactly what we do with these emails. It's kind of like fortune cookie marketing. I just phrased that by the way, TM patented stamp it. I think you can keep it. <laughs> you can keep that. Trademark. You can have it. Yeah. I don't think anybody's really battling me for it. <laughs> fortune cookie marketing. I mean, yeah, I think daily memo is better. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it just sounds derogatory. But I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. What if you're standing in your law office, right? And then yeah. there's like a Chinese guy that comes with a basket of fortune cookies every day. What? And then each cookie has one line of a daily memo. In. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I like it. Daily like fortune it. cookie. Yeah. But so listen to the model of big mouth um, marketing and, and, and what we're going to do to get the attorney. So the first one is people are going to download a book. So there's cold outreach by email by this company and they do a really good job. So they get opt-ins and it's like $30 an opt-in. But the opt-in is name, phone number, and email. And so then they can download, we can get them to download any lead magnet or anything, right? So we're getting them to download a book. And the book essentially is a story of three case studies of attorneys. And the story is that I owned a marketing agency that was very, very successful. An attorney came to me and I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And it's going to be so easy. And then things didn't turn out like that. Like, wow, actually attorneys... Law firms are very different to other businesses because there are different problems that come up for lawyers that don't come up for other businesses. And these are all the struggles we faced. And then this is how we got over them. And then here are three case studies of attorneys using the new plan. So you go through the old plan and you go through the new plan, right? Good stuff. So that's what the book's going to be about. Then when they land on the book thank you page, there's going to be a video saying, hey, do you want to watch this 12-minute video where we just discussed the book? So me and Gary are going to get onto Riverside like this, and we're just going to talk about the contents of the book and just, and just go through it, like podcast style. Mm. Then we're going to email those people every day, right, with the help of the Memo Men. Memo Men. Memo Men. And so... <laughs> oh. It's growing on me. So then email them every day, then send them direct mail to the ones who give their address, and inside of the email is going to be a super signature. Super signature, guess what it's going to be? Learn to grow your law firm for free. Download the book, watch the VSL, or join a podcast, because I want to start a podcast for that too. And, and that's going to be the free stuff that we give away. Then second part of the super signature, do it with you, which is going to be consulting. Like, you know, we have some SOPs and we'll help you install them in, in your law firm and then the third one is do it all for you which is we generate the leads we pick up the phone we close them we put them in your calendar we collect payment afterwards like just everything you know 
And so, and that's going to be, that's the entire, the entire model. I like it. Pretty cool, huh? What I like about it is that it's simple and yet you're hitting them with so many things. Like there's so many modalities through which they can come. Like there's a million mediums that they can come to you. Like there's the, there's a VSL, there's the email, there's the book, there's a this, there's that. And even though it's very simple, I mean, you're really touching on all of the ways that they can consume this content because not everybody consumes content equally. You know, you might get somebody that doesn't really read books, but suddenly if they're watching a podcast and they, you talking about the book, hey, guess what? They just consume the book even without reading it, you know, and all this other stuff. Oh, I forgot to say that someone picks up the phone and there's appointment setter following up with them to book appointments. So it's phone too. Mm-hmm. Phone follow-up, email follow-up, direct mail follow-up. It's basically generate leads follow-up with them. That's the entire thing. <laughs> right. Like same as marketing has always been, but I think this really points out how we're seeing that marketing is changing compared to like the old school way of doing things. And we were talking about this yesterday, I believe, like you have the, the old school style, like John Carlton style sales letters, where you're just trying to squeeze your entire sales argument into one piece because that's the only shot you got. Like if you're sending direct mail sales letters, you got to deliver your entire sales argument in one go. And that's the one chance you got. So that kind of forces you to put so much in there and you put all this pressure, all, all of the, like the, the fucking scarcity and urgency and just really like do everything in your power to get them over the fence and pull out their credit card. But now we don't really got to do that. So we're still using the same principles, the same persuasion principles. But now I feel like marketing is more about you're kind of like reaching out your tendrils onto the internet and trying to like pull people into your world, into your, like what Andre Chaperon calls your sphere of influence, right? So you're pulling people kind of into your world and then they kind of like circle around you and they consume your content for a while until eventually they just wake up one day and their problem is especially urgent that day or whatever's going on in their life and now they're ready to buy and there you are with your fucking daily email at the top of their inbox and off you go. The whole thing without a daily memo, I don't know how you would do this. Or just that that day, you, like you you finally talk to the Chinese guy in your law firm with the fortune cookies, you know, and, and you sign up, whatever it is, right? Yeah, but I don't know how you do this without daily memos. So I was talking to Gary and I was saying, right, so we'll do, we'll do a podcast. And he was like, so hold on a minute. Can the podcast topics be about the daily memos? And I was like, yeah. Like you could take five daily memos and say in the podcast today, we're going to talk about these five things. <laughs> like, and there you go. Cause there's seven daily memos a week. It's just, it's unlimited ideas, unlimited ideas, unlimited angles, unlimited insights. And it sounds crazy that that is generated by someone other than the guru of the business or the owner of the business. Like that, that that's able to be outsourced and to a high quality there's nothing else out there like it. I mean, the patent trader, like this month is like another $180,000, you know? And it's got another, like it is now the 2nd of March this is being recorded and it's already $50,000 fallen into the business for March. It's just insane, you know? The daily memo, getting in front of people. And, 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 and so I looked at the numbers, the stats from year to date and the patent trade is, has increased sales by 100% from this time last year. And last year, this time last year, this is when we started the four-day live event. We started doing it every month a year ago. So we're doing the same sales process, kind of, in terms of the webinar 
and the four-day live events, but sales have doubled. My point was that without the daily memo, I don't know how a business grows. Like, I don't actually know how that would happen. Like, it's, 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 an, it's, it's an un some insurmountable task to me to have to grow a business without daily memos. It certainly makes things a lot easier for for this type of business. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, not everybody can have Chinese people handing out fortune cookies. So I know. we got we got to resort to, to just email sometimes. Yeah, I'm still like so shocked that we keep coming back to talking about fortune cookies. That's all my fault. But. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's, it's fortune cookie marketing. You have to open that fortune cookie. Well, that's the point, I think, is that they don't have to open the fortune cookie. They don't have to open the daily memo. They have to open their emails once a week, and we will be there. They have to open their mail once, and we'll be there. Right. There's a song in there somewhere. See, the the whole fortune cookie thing, and this is going to get really meta for a second, but the whole fortune cookie thing, think about it. Let's, Let's look at it from a meta level, right? It's inception is what it is. It's exact. It's exact same way that the daily email works. The daily, the daily memo. Sorry, it's exact same way. Basically, I, I inception into Linus's brain this metaphor, and his brain did whatever it does, right, with metaphors and insights and whatever. And now it's stuck in this conversation, right? It's stuck in his brain. No matter what he does now for the rest of the day, he's gonna be thinking about fortune cookies, right? So that's exactly what. I think the daily memo does. It's kind of like inception, you know, like when Leonardo DiCaprio goes into somebody's dream and wants to implant an idea so that they think that they came up with it. So this is an interesting point because what when you what actually stuck in my head was a picture that I thought was funny and that's why it was stuck. Like cuz you were talking about fortune cookie marketing and we were talking about law firms, so I just got this really funny picture in my head of like a very like racist stereotypical image of a Chinese person who comes to a law office with a very heavy accent and just hands out fortune cookies every day. So that's the image that got stuck in my mind. And the reason that's interesting is because this is also what we try to do in the emails, right? Like we try to write and not just in emails, but in general, we try to write in a way that paints a picture. Like when we write a paragraph, we want it, we want that to play out like a movie in somebody's mind as they're reading it. So you're actually putting pictures in people's heads which they will take with with them, right? Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. Yeah, this is like storytelling 101, right? Because a story, like I can, I can, like everybody will take something different from a book. Like let's say we all read Harry Potter, for example, right? Mm-hmm. You'll take something out of it. I'll take something out of it. That other guy will take something out of it. But they're all reading about wizards. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's the same thing, but everybody will kind of take whatever they want out of that story and kind of they, they will relate whatever part of their personality structure they'll take out of it whatever they want. And that's the power of metaphor and kind of planting these like little seeds of insight and metaphors in people's heads because it takes a life of their own. So what I want to do just to end off the podcast, because we're on 24 minutes. I know we kind of want to keep it to half an hour, 40 minutes today. But for, for, for our listener, I wanted to read Intrigue. So I, I'm writing the sales copy for the law firm marketing stuff, right? So I want to read chapter one, which is called reality check. So, and then I want your opinion on how does it pass the intrigue test? So for everything that you do, as Frankie would say, is you need intrigue, you need insight, and then you need influence. 
So this section is the intrigue, and it needs to offer just enough insight in order to influence someone to read chapter two. Mm-hmm. So let's. So shall we see if it passes? So I'm just going to read it to you guys. Shall I share my screen and read it so you can read it too while I say it? Sure. Yes, please. So I almost went broke and dragged the lawyer I was helping down with me. I was faced with the stark reality that law firms are very different to other businesses, especially small law firms with less than five attorneys. It turns out that the same marketing strategies and advertising methods deployed for small businesses in America will do nothing for law firm owners. You see, in a former life, I built up a huge financial services business. I had 145 salespeople working for me. After I exited that company, I started a new business that generated 20,000 leads per day for universities. I was responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars worth of tuition. Yet, when I tried to help out an attorney, I ran into issues I had never encountered before. Even though I now have numerous successful stories to boast about, the road there was hard and filled with traps. In in this very short book, I'll be revealing exactly what those traps are so that you can avoid them. I will do that by spilling the beans on the method deployed by three attorneys. Attorney number one, Dan Hill, a criminal lawyer from Las Vegas, makes $660,000 per year, and he is the only attorney in his law firm. Attorney number two, Julius Blattner, doubled the size of his his income from $300,000 to $600,000 without adding any additional staff. He did this in 12 months. Attorney number three, Richard Fitzpatrick, is a workers' comp attorney in Boston. His retainers are five, six, and sometimes 10 times higher than it was before deploying the method in this book. Now, although I can stuff the pages of this book with dozens more, I don't believe it is necessary. If it is okay with you, I would like to skip all the filler and the fluff. The idea is for you to read this book in 40 minutes or less. Love it. That's super good, man. Chapter one. Intrigue. Discuss. So I love the intrigue angle, There's, there, but I'm going to give you some, some criticism here. So the criticism is, is that that first line, right? Like whenever, whenever I'm thinking about first lines, I'm thinking of two things. I'm thinking of pattern interrupt and I'm thinking about incongruent just juxtaposition. I'm thinking about like, how can I shock this person? What can I say here that would be like, wait, what? Like what? So like, for example, I wrote an email the other day for the patent trader and the first, the subject line, (laughs) the subject line of the email was my wife and her broker, right? So now already I got there. I haven't said anything, right? It's, it's his wife. So the, the title of the subject line of the email is my wife and her broker. And the first line of that email is you've got to get out now in bold in quotes. Right. So wait a minute. Now, whoever's reading this email, wait a minute. My wife and her broker, is there something going on with the wife and the broker? Boom. Now I've just, I've pattern interrupted their whole day. Wait, I got to rate what, wait, wait, what's happening with this guy's wife? What's happening with the broker? Why is he telling her to get out now? Like, and then the whole thing of the whole, the whole, the whole email is about how like the broker was basically taking his wife. Fucking his wife. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but that's what it makes you think, right? Like, it's like, wait a minute. So like, it's a pattern interrupt. It's an incongruent juxtaposition. Why is this guy ta- talking about his wife? Like, it has to be like that. It has to be like, grab you by the throat and not letting you go from the first line because I, that's the pattern interrupt. That's what I want to say. Like, so like, for example, in, in this piece, I would think about how can I, how can I shock the person? Like, this lawyer told me he wanted to kill me. I just ruined his business. Like that's the kind of thing. Wait a minute. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. This this is drama. Like, you want to create drama with that first line. It's all about drama with that pattern interrupt. Okay, so let's dramatize this because I thought... I thought I did that in the first line. So I said, I almost went broke and dragged the lawyer I was helping down with me. That's the first line. So how would you insert more drama into that? So you say, so like maybe what, like a quote saying he wanted to kill me? Like you went up, up to that? So I would, I would say like, so I mean, the way that I think about it is that like, it's, it's not a bad line. I love it. It's a great line. But the thing is, is that like, you got to think about Jerry Springer, right? <laughs> midget 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 cheats on his wife with his sister you know like (laughs) now that's drama like no matter what you're gonna watch this it's it's garbage tv but now you got to find out what happens to this midget and his sister you know what i mean you got to find out what (laughs) no no i'm the opposite i would switch off on the midget and well you're better than i am peter because i would watch that episode (laughs) here's what i like yeah so so okay so I like the drama, but I don't, I don't like over-dramatizing it. I'm using superbly here. Like, I'm using superbly yeah. here, but I do want to so create the, drama with that first line. So with the pattern trader, if you think about the drama and the pattern interrupt that we use on the 100K per year quiz, yeah, the pattern interrupt is there are many ways to make money online. Like, you don't have to follow my way. This is just how I did it. Because what do they see? They're constantly seeing people saying, you can be a millionaire, you can be a millionaire, you can be a millionaire. So we just say the opposite mm-hmm. of what they're saying, like buy my stuff, buy my stuff. So by doing the opposite, we have also given them a pattern interrupt, but one that has almost no drama in it at all. I disagree. You disagree. Because that to me is drama. Like that to me, what you're saying there is drama because you're, you're, kind, of, you're kind of going against the grain and you're saying something that's outrageous right? That's drama. Like you really are. I mean, it's understated, but it's still drama because you're, 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 you're kind of creating this, this, this story of like what you've been told is a lie. Like, like for, mm. like, for example, one of my, one of my favorite lines from like a fiction book, uh, I never really read the book, but I love this first line is, so the quote is, it's from the outsider by Albert Camus in 1942. Apparently it's a great book. If you want to go ahead and read it, read it, but I won't. <laughs> the quote is, Mother died today, or maybe yesterday. I can't be sure, right? So, like, wait a minute. Like, th- that's creating all kinds of drama because now his. Wait a minute. His mother died today or yesterday, but he can't be sure. Does he have mom problems? How come he doesn't know when his mom that? It's creating drama. It's not an outrageous statement. He's just saying his mother died today, or maybe it was yesterday. He's not sure. I think the main point about the drama is 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 that it, first of all, it's, it's story based and it opens a loop. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, right. Because. That's it's the curiosity that makes you want to keep reading. Yes. It's not the drama in and of itself. It's like you want to find out what happens. You want to you want to resolve this thing in your mind. Right. So so Linus, so I'm interested. Okay, so I've heard Frankie's point of view on 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 that chapter. What's yours? Yeah, like kind of along the same lines. Like overall, I think it's good and it it gets done most of what needs to get done, but could use a little bit more of a more punch kind of something to really just grab them. Yeah. And make them feel like this is something I really, this is what I'm going to spend the next 40 minutes of my life doing. I'm going to read this book. Right. Frankie said, like, this lawyer is going to kill me. What would you, so what would your addition to this be? What would you do differently? I, I need to look at it again. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because I've really gone down this style of, of more 
relaxed copy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm such a fan of it. I'm such a fan of chilled out tone. Me too. And so I think there's a, for me, there's an important balance to strike between the tone that's coming across mm-hmm. and the drama that's delivered, you know, the intrigue and the curiosity, because you can generate, you can generate curiosity like John Colton style, you know, like the coat hanger trick, mm-hmm. like get an erection so big, you know, and, and so <laughs> I just, you, you know, the, you know, the bullet <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about, but like, so stuff like that. So you can generate curiosity by coming up with names for things, the coat hanger trick, the this trick, the, the, mm. the lazy entrepreneurs, five-step blueprint to riches, like stuff like that. And then what I really like is I really like creating intrigue via the more chilled out undertone kind of thing. And I, and I reckon less people read it, but I feel like when people do read it, you get a higher conversion rate in the end. So the thing with the patent trader where it's like, it says, look, there are many ways to make money in the world. I'm not saying my way is the best way, but this is what I did in order to achieve X, Y, Z. So if you fill out this quiz and we're going to tell you how long it'll take you to 100 grand a year, and then I'll guarantee that outcome for you. It's like, wow, that's a lot of intrigue. And it did it. And I guess you would call it drama, but it did it by opening up a loop and just, and just, and just, just going, yeah. So to me, that, that's almost like perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. The way that it creates drama, in my opinion, when you do something like that is because you're, you have to think about what your market is consuming, right? What are they currently consuming? And then standing in opposition to that, because that's what drama really is, right? Like by you doing that, you're creating drama in their life because now they're used to people hyping them up and telling them that they're going to drive Lamborghinis in a week and everything's going to be good. And, you know, uh, Margot Robbie is going to be going on a date with them. And then suddenly you come along and you're saying, oh, yeah, guess what, buddy? No, <laughs> like you're saying it in a dry tone, but that's drama now in their life because wait a minute, how come everybody's telling me this fucking shit? And now this guy's coming along and telling me like, okay, this info is not that great, but like, not, not that it's not that great, but like there's a million ways to make money. And like, maybe this is one of them. Okay. That's drama now that you've created in my life. Like you've created drama because you're standing in opposition to the hype. Right. And the reason this works so well, by the way, is because marketers fucking ruin everything. Right. And this is another point that I wanted to make before is that some of the reason that I think a lot of this multiple modality and multiple touches work so much is because everything is just so saturated now. Like back in the John Carlton days when they were sending out direct, direct mail and sending out sales letters, there was none of this crap. There was no internet. There was no, like if you were getting a direct mail, like I've never received a direct mail sales letter in my life and I'm, I'm in marketing. I think I've received maybe one or two and it's because I asked for a newsletter, but like I've never received a direct mail sales letter. So like, that saturation point, the market wasn't used to it, right? So that was creating drama in their life because now somebody's suddenly sending them a direct mail sales letter with like this this crazy headline with a million incongruent juxtapositions and the one-armed golfer. That's drama, right? But now what stands in up like if we were to do the same thing, that's not creating drama. You're just you're just more noise, right? You're just more noise in a world full of noise. So it's like, okay, whatever. But now suddenly because you're standing in opposition to whatever that is. Suddenly you've created a distance between yourself and what they're used to consuming. And that's what drama is, right? The, re- the reason the midget cheating on his wife with his sister is weird and, and it catches attention is because you've never heard of this before. Like, wait a minute, what? How does this happen? Like, it's so outlandish and in a, in a, in a land where everything is outlandish, right? Like it is now with marketing. Suddenly it's talk, talking common sense is the drama. So I think that's where we're... we're <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 
suddenly talking common sense is the drama. Yeah, suddenly in a world filled that with is noise and so good. Yeah, so you know, it, it's 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 always the the principle is there. It's just it's expressed in different ways. So in, in your case, like I, I 100% agree with you. I hate the hypey shit. I hate it just because I I. I I don't appreciate it. It's it's not very you know thoughtful. It's not very well thought out. It's just not good copy. But where I will disagree with you is that that that's not drama. The the the, the way that you you kind of stick your hand through the screen and grab your and I'm sorry for this violent metaphor, but the way that you stick your hand through your screen and, and grab them by the throat and force them to read it is through drama. It's through it's through creating something that says I'm different. This is not like everything else. This is valuable. Mm. So that's how you create drama in a world filled with, you know, hype and, and, and BS. So that's the way that I think about it. Yeah. But all to say, you still need to be able to, 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 to hook them in. And the, my only criticism of the, of the first line, and, and really it's just the first line that I, I would have a criticism of, is that it, not that you could do a better job, but I feel like there could be more spice added to it there could be more drama mm. injected into that first line where it's like i gotta keep reading mm. this yeah. yeah 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 all right cool i'll think about it i probably won't change it at all since i don't want <laughs> to, to take up any more time love it because what lena said to me before like a year or two ago when you said that it's better just to like make progress on a sales letter than trying to perfect every single line and spending all that time because you could have actually written another one mm-hmm. you know right and I guess that goes back to what you said about the daily memo. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect because you're just going to write another one tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. The frequency matters more than almost anything else. And here's the thing. If you wrote a book or you wrote a sales piece and a book and a sales piece are essentially the same thing because both need to d- deliver value. But if you wrote that book and the first line isn't perfect, you know, and we're obviously talking about it now because we're super entertained. We, we, we love this stuff and this is what we talk about. But Let's say the first line wasn't perfect, the first paragraph wasn't perfect, but you showed up every day in their inbox and there's, there it is in the super signature, they can go read this book. What are the odds of them reading all the way through compared to if you spend three months coming up with a perfect first line, but you don't follow up with them? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Awesome. If you want to work with the memo men, you can't, we're full up. <laughs> <laughs> No, we have too many clients. We're rolling in it. And, and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Peace and love. Memo man. Memo man. Memo man. Hey, thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, then you should do two things. One, subscribe as a regular listener. And then the second one, if you want to be really smart and actually make some money from this, go to memomen.com and get our daily memo sent to your inbox. It's absolutely free and you can simply swipe those 325 words and use them in your own business. I'll see you on the inside.